This is Angela with Danceable Thoughts, and this is Hear It Tonight, Use It Tomorrow. This is a podcast for dance educators and performing arts educators in general. This is season two, episode seven, and seven is the magic number. This is seven things to try to make your rehearsals a little bit different, both for you and your students. So this is seven things for rehearsals. So some of these ideas might really come in handy now uh, for my public school educator friends. We've been in a groove now. We've gotten through the summer practices. We're pretty much through the first month of school and we're taking on different challenges, whether it's different kinds of performances at halftime or we've got community events that we've got to get to do. So while my language that I speak is mostly in dance, I feel like that these ideas would work for any of my performing arts educators. So I hope you'll take a listen. So let's start with the first thing. The first thing is warm up. I don't care what your activity is, whether it's athletics, performing arts, even writing, even math, you gotta warm up before you get into the performance, into the rehearsal. So think about your warm up. You know, we spend a lot of time building systems, building ways that we want to emphasize correct technique and correct execution. But there are simple things in the warm up that you might change because at this point, your students may be lulled into a pattern. That's kind of a thematic idea throughout this conversation is that we're gonna get them out of that lulled in rote behavior. So for warm up, can you change the, I'm gonna call it the soundtrack of the warm up, whether it's the music that you're playing or the scales that you're playing or singing, can you change the soundtrack? Can you change the pacing? Now, if that's not something you necessarily want to do because these are your skills that you've got to practice, is there some way you can change up the warm-up in the sense of the arrangement in the space? Can different groups warm up together? Could a different leader lead warm-up? Could you physically change where you do warm-up? I think that there's some things that you can do about the warm-up time of the day where I think it's valuable to the mature mind to have that focus in time and this is my routine. We're talking about young artists and while they need that routine, they also get bored very quickly. Thank you, digital devices. So giving them just a little bit of a change is going to both give them a kinesthetic and um, almost an emotional response to warm up instead of it being something, oh, we do it every day. They've got to become more alert. They gotta be a little more pins and needles about, hey, we're doing something different. So number one is warm up. Number two is about technique because I feel like we've got uh, across all our activities, athletics and performing arts, we've got technique elements that we want to emphasize. So I'm gonna give you two terms that I like, but I'm not sure are perfect yet. A micro element and a macro element. And if you're not familiar with those terms, micro generally means it's something small and macro is the big useful idea or the bigger tool. But I want you just to take that idea and think about the micro as in, as in a detail-oriented thing. I need to look under the microscope at this particular skill that we have. And I want to add an activity that emphasizes that skill. 
I want to add some for my dancer friends. I, you know, they, they need to constantly be pointing their feet, pointing their toes. So you do something maybe from the ballet world to emphasize the articulation of the ankles. Um, and the idea of the macro, uh, the macro being the big, big picture idea, maybe you've got the skills down, but there's a lack of artistry in the way something is being performed. So maybe you add in during your technique time a level of artistry. Of course, you know, you sometimes think artistry, you know, will allow them to have creative license, but maybe because you're in the routine of doing things that this might be an okay time for one particular, shall we say, overly rehearsed practice element could be expanded. It could be a creative thing. So find within your regular routine both a micro to fix and a macro to fix or to examine to explore. Now this one, number three, is all for my director friends and I think this is, I, I see musicians do this quite a bit. Um, sometimes my theatrical friends, my dance friends, we forget about this. You need to stand somewhere different in the space. Don't always watch your rehearsal, your routine from the exact same spot. So I envision my own self sitting at the top of the bleachers in the center because I've got to see the widest range. But if you only watch rehearsal from that point of view, you're going to always pretty much see the same thing. It's of great value to stand at the back of a group. It's of great value to watch from the side. And if you feel like you have to be, let's say, almost like on the podium in, um, in a conducting sense, then you need to turn your head from one side to the other. And I know these are super simple ideas, but for my dance friends, uh, you, you have to do that for yourself. You have to change your perspective if you really want to see all of the uh, see all of the things that need to grow and improve. Um, an interesting thing also about you changing where you stand is it changes the attention level of your audience, aka your students, your performing group. So when you are moving about the space, just like in a classroom, when the teacher moves about the space, it changes the energy level around the room and somebody who feels like they've never been noticed might realize that they are absolutely about to be noticed. So move around the space. So number three is stand somewhere different. Number four is work backwards. Uh, we so very much get into a habit of saying, all right, let's begin at count one and work to count infinity. Uh, it's great for the brain to scramble it if you don't necessarily, you know, sometimes we can go, oh yeah, we're gonna do the ending and make sure it's good. You can even start in the middle and work out, but just change it up a little bit the way you are doing it. So in my mind, when I was thinking about this, number four, about working backwards, if say for instance, this was the day you were uh, reviewing a, a dance that you had already performed, well, instead of going, hey, let's start at the top, what if you chunked it up from the back of the routine, the end of the routine? Hey, I'd like to see the ending. I'd like to see it from, you know, the, the last repeat through the ending pose. Excellent. Now let's go back. Let's do that middle section. So when you're talking about rehearsals and the kids think, oh, we're just going to go over this routine again, or oh, we're just going to work backwards, work in chunks and work in different order. Number five has to do with you as well. It's change your words. 
So what do I mean by change your words? Well, again, we have verbal habits that we use when we're teaching. Uh, we've taught our students to listen for the verbal cues. Very important, very necessary. But if they only hear that and they hear that enough, they're going to tune it out. At some point, it becomes white noise. So why don't you think for yourself, and it may, you're going to trip up on your own tongue, just like I tripped up on mine a little bit there, but try to change your words. So if always when you're kicking and you hit the top of the kick, you say hit, maybe you say top or point, you give it a different word and, you, and tell the kids. I'm, I love it um, when students are asked to vocalize um, when they are in rehearsal, my marching band friends use this quite a bit. Uh, it's very successful. But if you will ask them to vocalize and change up what they expect, it's going to trigger in their brain a different level of awareness. Same thing with, uh, and I'm going to use my dance vocabulary because I'm most versed in that. So let's think about spotting. Okay, so you're working on turns. Somebody you know, says spot. You can say the less perfect term, snap or hit, even for turns, giving them a different word. Maybe you add a sound, maybe you set clap, uh, maybe you do a little stomp. Anything that you can do, don't throw a fit or anything, but anything you can do to change up the sound of the rehearsal, of the verbiage that they are expecting. The, uh, the dynamics of the rehearsal come from your voice. If you talk very monotone, that's the way that you're going to have rehearsal. And maybe you need to have a soft, calm demeanor, but maybe you need to keep them energized. Maybe you need to give them excitement in the way they are performing, and you need to do it with your voice. So changing your words, even if you uh, feel like it's oversimplifying terms, but that's okay. And if you can ask those students to jump in with you on changing the words, it's going to change the energy level in the rehearsal because, of course, if we always say hit and then we're supposed to say top and then somebody says hit, it, it causes a giggle. Be prepared for that. But that energy changes the, the rehearsal and certainly it changes the expectation of rehearsal that they can't just go through the motion so they're going to do things a little bit differently. So the next thing is to add a different set of eyes. Now, we are, and I'm going to speak to my dance team world, we are really great at this during contest season. I, I happen to love being a clinician that comes in and is an extra set of eyes to help you prepare for contest and get the performance ready, you know, maybe make changes to the choreography, that kind of thing. But different set of eyes is also very useful now. I want you to think about the different sets of eyes that you could bring in, even if it wasn't a dance professional or a person within the same performing arts area. One of the things that's unique about performing arts is that whether we want to live in our little worlds or not, we cross over. We all understand musicality, pretty much teasing you theater people um, but our theater people you've got the drama down and whether we are singing something beautiful or dancing something we want expression I know that a lot of my friends cross over and ask their um, 
theater teachers to come in and ask and, and help them learn how to be, help their students learn to be more expressive. It's a very, very good crossover. So the different set of eyes, of course, I, you know, things, there are lots of people out here like me that are, would love to come and watch your rehearsal and help you, but you also have friends within your own building that probably could come to a rehearsal and say, hey, I think they look great on this, but what if they, you know, lifted their chin? And their comments might be out of the realm of your dance vocabulary or your given genre vocabulary, but they might spark an idea in you that changes your rehearsal. The other thing about a different set of eyes has to do not just with the way the kids perform, but you have to be maybe comfortable enough to let them watch the routine, and I mean the routine that you have for, hey, my rehearsal starts this way, then we do this, then we do this, this is how we conclude. Um, all of our fellow performing artists, even our friends, our athletic friends, we've all got set ways that our genres, our our beloved forms of activity tell us. You know, there's a certain way to warm up for volleyball. There's a certain way to warm up for basketball, football, etc. What is it that someone else to the outside might say? You know, when we do a drill like this. Um, we emphasize this, or maybe they do it not as a group, but in small groups. So there are people around your campus who are busy. Uh, they're all busy. Everybody's super busy. But they might come and spend one afternoon with you and your group and see things a little bit differently and then take some time to have a conversation, go get a latte or um, a sonic beverage or any other kind of beverage and sit down with them and, and shoot the breeze and say, what did you see? And maybe you may get invited to do the same thing for them, which is the other thing that is really amazing about that different set of eyes. Sometimes it's you putting your eyes on someone else's rehearsal. And if you can't get away to be at you know, somebody else's dance team rehearsal or orchestra rehearsal, whatever, you can, again, look in your own building. Sometimes the, the resources that you need are across the hall, not across the county. So go ahead and take that time to work in a di interdisciplinary ways. Think of different ideas. A different set of eyes gives you a different set of thoughts. Don't feel intimidated. We've got to get past the, oh, somebody's watching my rehearsal, that's in admins included, um, to say, hey, I want you to see this. Um, well, I'm going to get off this subject of different set of eyes, but let me uh, just say, too, there may be someone on your campus who was in a, that same performing art, and they are dying for you to invite them to the rehearsal. They would love it if you would allow them to come in. And their, their knowledge may be, I'm going to be kind of general, they might be a little bit outdated because maybe they're a little bit older, or it might be the newest and most unique thing because they're fresh out of college. Just feel comfortable bringing someone in to look at your rehearsal, to see how things run and see how things might be, you know, done differently, put a little spark in it. Um, the last thing that I have, number seven, is make your agenda visible. So of all these things we've just been talking about, so we're going through it, maybe changing the warm-up, 
uh, adding a micro or a macro technique element, a small thing to focus on, a very important detail or a big concept. Um, asking yourself to make some changes like standing somewhere different. Number four, reworking the, the routine in a different order. I've asked you to think about changing your words and then I've asked you to bring other people in. Whatever you're doing to change things up in your rehearsal, here's a great idea that I think is extremely powerful. It's make your agenda visible. I think invis visible to your students. Make it, you know, I know you're thinking, wow, you want me to write my objectives on the board, Angela? How very admin 1990s are you? No, I want your, your, your students to say, oh, we're working on this. There's the power in seeing, oh, there's a list and we're checking it off. We all love that pretty much. Um, making your agenda visible also helps remind you if you're falling back into your same habits, the things that you do all the time, a glance, whether it's at your clipboard or up on the wall, on the, you know, some people like to write things on the mirror with uh, the uh, markers, uh, you'll see to for yourself and your group, whichever group is rehearsing, is going to see, hey, we're doing things differently today or this week. In fact, that's the last thought is that, you know, whatever your agenda is, if you just do this one day, it's not going to be very beneficial. Now, if you try to do all six or seven of these things in one day or all in one week, it's going to be overwhelming and you're going to lose the magic of making these subtle changes. Uh, so I would not say do all seven of these things, but try one or two of them and maybe use it for several days. I understand that uh, not everything is gonna work for everybody or every situation, but something on this list is going to make rehearsal and practice time a little more interesting for you, and it's certainly gonna make it more interesting for your students. So I think that uh, you should give these ideas a try for sparking the rehearsal. So concluding thoughts. We've gotten to, like I said, the end of September. We are moving into October. And uh, for me in my dance class world, my dance education world, I'm doing a big push to teach ballet during October. Some highlights in October. October 23rd is World Ballet Day fits nicely. Uh, we've got some great ideas uh, that I've been producing in different ways for you uh, through Danceable Thoughts. So visit danceablethoughts.com, visit Teachers Pay Teachers. I've even tried Etsy, although it's a little weird because they don't really think of uh, my lesson plans as being handmade, but trust me, they were made by these little hands in this crazy brain. So I hope you'll visit all of these these different areas for dance education resources. Even some of the things that we're doing with the dance education classes might be, like I said, in number two, the macro or the micro ideas about changing the elements in your rehearsal, uh, especially the ballet. If you and few for my moving and thinking friends, and this is not just my dancers, my athlete friends. Um, my theater friends, even my band friends who do lots of bandography. And then there's, of course, choirography coming up. I'm not sure orchestra's gotten quite into orchestraography yet, but the idea that moving while performing is not, is not solitary, the things that you would get are very informative to your posture, to your, your presentation. So fun for everybody. 
So uh, I hope that this, this kind of crazy ideas will be useful to you. I'd love to get some feedback from guys, from you guys, uh, whether it's through emails, Angela at Danceable Thoughts, or comments on the different social media outlets. Um, I want to see what um, I'm, I'm doing for you that is useful. And if there are things I need to modify, I want to do that. And if there are things I could do more for, of course I will do that. Because my goal is for us to be a community of thinking dancers where we think things through and then we dance them out. Hope you have a great week.